You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1054. According to a global survey by Deloitte, leadership is the most urgent concern when considering gaps in workforce readiness. And when leaders channel emotional intelligence skills rather than technical skills, their leadership levels are heightened. I've invited author of the EQ leader, Stephen Stein, to join me today to share the importance of emotional intelligence in the workplace. Stephen, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Nice to be with you, Richard. It's good to have you on the show. Let's start simply. For those that may not know, can you, or maybe a refresher here, what is EQ, meant by the term EQ, and, and how does it determine leadership effectiveness? Okay, well, we'll keep it real simple. It basically consists of three things. It first is the ability to be aware of your own emotions and aware of other people's emotions around you. Secondly, the ability to manage your own emotions as well as managing the emotions of other people. And finally, it's the ability to use emotions to help you get things done, make decisions, deal with stress. Those three things, in a nutshell, are what emotional intelligence is about. It helps you to manage because being in control and aware of your own feelings and other people's feelings helps you motivate them, find out the best way to lead people that are around you. And how does how does having this awareness and being able to manage it and then use it develop a higher purpose to motivate your employees? What is the secret there with EQ? Well, as you probably know, you know, times have really changed a lot uh, with the workforce today, especially with the millennials. They're not going to just work for a paycheck. They want to work for something that's meaningful. And emotional intelligence enables leaders to be present, you know, meaningful applications for the work, for what they're doing, you know, in order to understand what it's really about and what drives you to get things done. You know, I, I can remember a time in the workplace when the boss was the boss, and everybody who worked for that individual had to kind of conform to that individual's unique personality or bias or skill set. It sounds like EQ is a mirror opposite of that environment. Is, is that fair to say, Stephen? Yeah, pretty much. You know, I remember those same days when I started working and we just did what we were told. But that's not the way it works today. Leadership has changed significantly over the last 25, 30 years. And you'll find people, especially some of the younger people, the millennials, Gen Z, who will leave if they're not happy with the job in some way. They really want meaning. They really want to learn from what they do. And uh, you can't motivate people the way that we used to when we were young. You know, I, I have heard that unlike IQ, EQ is a skill that can be developed through practice and awareness. Is that your experience in working with leaders and corporations? Sure, absolutely. In the book, The EQ Leader, I've documented some really interesting cases in, uh, in corporations where training, coaching, not only increased the emotional intelligence of the people who were trained, but it also increased the productivity of the organization and, in some cases, even the profitability of the, of the company. Is it your experience working with and re- doing the research for the EQ Leader that when employees know that a leader is investing in this area of development, 
that somehow there's a, a a benefit just for the act of trying? I think it does because employees see that the the leader actually cares. Right. And and that's so important today in the workplace because we have a lot of leaders, as you know, who are not good examples, who don't seem to care a lot about the people that they're leading. So this is a, a big first step. The fact that you care about it is something that's really appreciated by the people who work with you. You know, that's an interesting observation. You kind of made a soft observation there, and I, I kind of went to the headlines of the day here during the, you know, the last couple of weeks of, of people in power positions who were probably not very good EQ leaders in, in as far as it relates to being aware of their, how their behavior was negatively impacting uh, their work their workers directly and their work and their company kind of indirectly. So, you know, I, I, I would think that uh, one of the potential prescriptions to help improve performance in companies is looking at books like yours, the EQ, EQ Leader, as well as programs to come in and sort of get their workforce a little more emotionally intelligent. Absolutely. We find that that, uh, that makes a big difference, a huge difference in the workplace when you start paying more attention to people, listening to what they have to say, taking it seriously. Uh, we've noticed huge changes in organizations. So what was the inspiration for the book? Well, for the last 20 or so years, I've really been focused on emotional intelligence and just straight performance. But over the last five or so years, um, you know, leadership has become such an important topic. As you pointed out at the beginning of this uh, session about the studies from Bud Deloitte and others showing that there's a huge gap in leadership. So um, I started looking at the whole idea of leadership, and there was a lot of misinformation out there about the role of emotional intelligence and leadership. So the book was really an attempt to try and set the record straight by looking at the research, looking at the database that we've collected, which is huge with leaders from all around the world, and you know, getting the best story out there I could on, on the role of emotional intelligence and leadership. Do, do you also offer a certification program in the EQ Leader or in the other uh, aspects of the IP that you've developed? We do. We do offer a certification program for people who want to be, um, who use the tools, the emotional intelligence, the EQI, the emotional intelligence inventory, which is probably the most widely used test of emotional intelligence in the world. Hmm. So people uh, that can get certified in terms of using that in the organizations they work with. I, I sort of knew the answer to that. I feel like a lawyer here. I sort of think I understood the answer to that question because just by coincidence, earlier today I was talking with an author friend of mine, Jen Shirkani, who is an author of several books on emotional intelligence and actually noted that she saw that you were going to be on our show today and that she's aware of you and actually has been through your program, I believe. So well, that's great. Yeah, so small world kind of a thing. We're going to take our first break and only break here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Uh, Stephen, when we come back, I wonder if you could explain the four pillars of emotional intelligence that can transform personal and organizational leadership styles. Absolutely. All right. So don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be back with Stephen Stein, author of The EQ Leader, after this brief break and word from me. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Math for Business might be the answer for you. 
Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. A great way to stay informed about our guests is to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Simply go to my website, criticalmass4business.com. At the bottom of any page on the website is a Join Our Mailing List box. Simply enter your email address and hit subscribe. And like magic, you will start receiving our weekly newsletter with information about great guests like Stephen Stein and also sometimes insights from me. We do nothing else with your email address other than enter your name in the weekly newsletter, which you can opt out in the future should you choose to, but hopefully you will not. Uh, before the break, Stephen, I said I was going to ask you to just kind of touch on the four pillars of emotional intelligence. I'm wondering if you could share that with our audience, please. Sure. The four pillars that we found that really differentiated the great leaders from the not-so-good leaders were, first of all, authenticity. The really good leaders are authentic. They're role models, people you can believe in, people that you trust. Secondly, we found that the really good leaders were great coaches. They made sure that their subordinates had whatever they needed to get the job done. They helped people. They looked forward to them doing, doing their best. Thirdly, the ability to communicate with purpose. We call that insight, but knowing what the organization stands for and getting that message across to everyone so they're motivated for the same uh, task or, or outcome. And finally, the ability to take risks and innovate. The great leaders are innovators. They don't get disrupted as quickly as others. They know how to come up with new ideas and new processes and make things happen. So, so you started with authenticity, and uh, are you finding, is your research showing that as more and more of the millennials are in the workforce, that this is becoming more, you know, we kind of started talking about how the world was different back when we started in business. But are you finding that this is a more and more valued aspect of a leader is authenticity and transparency? Yeah, it really is. Like they won't. Some of these young people won't work for somebody that they don't believe in or they think is dishonest and, and so on. And you know, just looking in the media and the news today, we hear about so many leaders that we can't trust that are getting into trouble for all various transgressions. And people are just looking for people they can believe in who are authentic, honest, real. Do Do, do you have any research or observations about how that translates into the marketplace as well? beyond your direct employees, that authenticity and transparency? Is, is that, do you have any data that suggests that's valued by the marketplace as well? Well, I think we've seen that in the marketplace. When you look at companies like Uber or American Apparel, where the leadership, or even if we look at the example of um, American Airlines, where there was a situation, or United Airlines, sorry, where there was a situation uh, that didn't turn out too good, and the leader's response um, didn't seem authentic or real and how the public reacted to it instantly. So people are looking for organizations, companies, as well as leaders that they can believe in. And it seems to me that once that's demonstrated that they can't be trusted, once trust, and, and it works in business as well, once you've lost the trust of your employees, I think it can be very difficult and maybe even impossible to get that back. 
it's really difficult to get that back. Reputation means so much today, and you can lose it at the drop of a dime with the way that social media works. Um, you know, we've seen cases very recently, the last few weeks, where people's reputation went up in flames in less than 24 hours. Yes, and um, yes, we have. So my engineer is asking me to let you know that for the last four or five minutes here on the radio show, if you could speak a little louder, he would be happier because he's modulating the board. So that's all okay, I have to say. Okay. All right, there you go. Um, Back it up. There you go. What advice, as a published author, can you give to my audience, maybe it's some of which who think it's time for them to write a book, about how to successfully write and then get published a book? Well, it's getting more challenging now to be able to write and get published. But one thing you might want to do, uh, first you have to decide if you want to go with a major publisher or you want to self-publish. And if you want to go with a major publisher, uh, you might want to look at trying, getting an agent as one option. But really get your ideas and put them down and try and get it on a single page, a single piece of paper, what you want to say, what your main message is, and how your message differs from other messages that are out there. If you can put that down on one page, you might be able to interest uh, a publisher in what you have to say. Yeah, it is getting hard. Well, on one hand, it's getting easier because of the self-publishing route, but on the other hand, it's getting harder because of the number of people that are now being able to publish their books to get noticed in your field. It's, that's, that's a very challenging thing to do that takes time and effort, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's also... Uh, kind of difficult because to get an agent, well, to get published, sometimes they'll say you need an agent, and to get an agent, they might say, well, what have you done? You know, what previous books have you published? <laughs> so it's almost like a catch twenty-two that makes it difficult. Right, it's like credit; you can't get it till you have it. Yeah, correct. All right. So, in your work, can you explain to my audience simply the difference between a transformative leadership style and a transactional leadership style? So it's almost like a push and a pull. You know, when we have a, a transactional style, it's like we're pushing someone. It's working for, for pay, work for the money, get your paycheck, go home. When you're transformational, it's more of a pull. You're something that we attract you with. It's the purpose. It's the meaning of the job. There's more to it than the paycheck. And the really good leaders that we found today are transformational in terms of the way that they get their workforce excited about what it is that they're doing. So it sounds like the whole is greater than the sum of the parts in that. Yeah. Right? Okay. When you look at the work that you did and the research to write the book, is there any key learning that you had about emotional intelligence and skills and leadership that kind of was an aha moment as you were putting the book together that you'd like to share with our audience? Well, one of the big questions we had was uh, the role of self-report testing or measures on leaders. There was a lot of um, discussion out there that, you know, people would just lie or say they're great if you ask them to fill in a self-report and uh, how they were their emotional intelligence as a leader. But what we found in the research and the data was that only one-third of leaders over-represent themselves, over-blow themselves in terms of how great they think they are. And on the other end of the spectrum, there's one-third of leaders, when we look at their 360s, at their ratings, who underreport themselves, who their subordinates say, wow, you know, Jill, she's great. She's a great leader. But Jill says, well, I don't know if I'm such a good leader. And the rest falls somewhere in the middle of that. You know, I'm glad you said that, Stephen, because it is my experience that people can be trusted to give you as good of an answer as they can. And your example 
almost balances out, right? An equal number of people underestimate their skills as overestimate their skills. So in some way, on average, people are pretty accurate when asked. They'll give an honest, uh, honest answer, huh? Pretty much. And the ones that are more humble that underrepresent, when we look at the objective data, they tend to be the better leaders. They do a better job in their workplace. Well, that's something to remember. Servant leadership and being a humble leader actually inspires more performance from your staff. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, that's, again, one of those things that we could look at on a more national level as well. If someone would like to buy your book, and why wouldn't they after this conversation here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast, how do they find the EQ Leader? Well, they could find it in most major bookstores, or they can go online to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Um, it's out there, so you just search for the EQ Leader, and you should be able to find it. And um, do you have another book in the offing? Well, that one's pretty new. My first book was the EQ Edge, which was a bestseller at, okay. at, several years ago when we did that. Okay. So, yeah, my, my sense is authors who write more than one book become serial authors, and there's probably some work that's yet to be done in your, your area. Can you come back on the show when you have your next book planned? Oh, absolutely. Right. I'd be thrilled to come back. All right. Well, thank you, Stephen Stein, for being a friend of the program, and welcome to the ever-growing critical mass business community. I appreciate your time. Well, thank you, Richard. Great to talk with you. Have a good day. You too. I'd like to also thank our engineer for today, the none other than Paul Roberts, as well as our producers, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. Connect with me on my social media platforms on Twitter. I am CEO Peer Groups. On LinkedIn, I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. My website is criticalmass4forbusiness.com. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.